This episode of the Doing It For The Kids podcast is supported by AXA Business Insurance. Because let's face it, running a business is hard. Doing it around kids, even harder. So hurrah for AXA making something easy. You can tailor your policy to fit your business, so you only pay for what you actually need. They'll also give you access to a very useful helpline for any legal and tax questions you might have. Probably not so useful when trying to negotiate a small person to eat broccoli. Look, even Frankie got covered a few years ago, right? Yes. When I finally got it sorted, I genuinely slept better at night, which is saying a lot because I had a newborn baby at the time. Protect your work, your tools, your reputation, let's face it, your livelihood, and sort it as easily as your kids spilling peas on the floor. Again, work hard, insure easy. Search AXA Business Insurance. And here's the growing up bit. AXA Insurance UK PLC is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority, regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. That's a lot of authority. That is more authority than I've got over my two kids. Christ, I need to clean in here. It's disgusting. See, the trouble with this office is that cleaners don't come in here because it gets locked. What? What are you paying for? <laughs> yeah, but it gets locked, doesn't it? Right. And I leave before they're here. Yeah, the yeah, evening. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I don't understand. This floor is like covered in crumbs and flakes of pastry, <laughs> bits of bread, crisps, biscuits. Tiny speckles of your soul. I'm either going to have to bring in my own hoover or open the window and let some pigeons in. <laughs> Maybe I could catch a pigeon and just, honestly, they'd have a field catch day. Catch the here. pigeon. Sorry. <laughs> That's what they were always <laughs> wanted to do. He dastardly just really needed to tidy his office. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the Doing It for the Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie and this is Steve. Each episode we take a question from the Doing It For The Kids community, but we start each episode by looking back at the last one. Last time we were talking about... It was Claire, the accountant, talking about marketing her boring, in inverted commas, business. Liz Fisher got in touch. Liz said, there was a bit of shouting at my phone going on because the stereotype of boring accountants and bookkeepers is so pervasive. But so many of us aren't. And actually, even the ones that seem like they are often aren't either. Accounts and IT basically ruled the dance floor at the Christmas party when I was employed. (laughs) Also, interesting slash funny slash personable slash sweary slash creative. None of these preclude you from being good at accounts. Like people in many other industries, sometimes we fall down in the communication aspect of things, not explaining things in an accessible way or forgetting that not everyone likes a three-page email outlining the exact steps they need to follow to do their VAT return. <clears throat> a note to self there. I also <laughs> agree that not every... That was Liz's aside, not mine. Yeah, Liz is a bookkeeper. <laughs> I also agree that not everything has to be fun or entertaining. Sometimes we just need the info and we're happy to take it however it comes as long as it's clear. But small things make a huge difference in making these traditionally scary slash boring slash complicated topics easier to engage with. And as long as you're aware of where your target audience is likely to be at, then you're A-OK. And obviously, we all need to buy that book. Yes, we do. Book. Oh, that book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that book. Mm-hmm. Change your life, right? Right. And Richard Burks says, Recently, I've been watching a lot of DIY videos on YouTube as I've been putting the finishing touches to some building work we've had done. Now, DIY videos on YouTube aren't really very exciting, but I don't really go to them for entertainment. I go for information. 
how to do stuff, what tool I need for this job, what not to do and so on. There's obviously a lot of different DIY YouTube channels, but what keeps me coming back to the same ones is that I know they're going to explain things clearly and comprehensively. And what keeps me engaged is that their personality shines through. Some are funny, yes, but mostly they're just nice, honest people who can explain things well. Honestly, there's a million things that I'd rather be doing than DIY, but given I have to do it myself, it's made slightly more enjoyable enjoying these folks guide me. I'm loving this analogy, by the way. This is the same for you, Claire. You explain things well and your personality shines through in all your content. As the saying goes, in a flock of pigeons, you can be a flamingo. (laughs) That draws people to you, so you become the go-to person for all our tax questions and worries. It's a great position to be in and you're doing a great job. Love that. Thank you, Richard. And then me and Richard got into a quite lengthy exchange about DIY videos. Uh, I was then asking him for recommendations on a handheld circular saw. Anyway, this DIY chat went on for quite some time and I was like, maybe we need a spin-off community about like freelance parenting people who like circular saws. (laughs) And he said, yes, we need a DIY FTK. Richard, yes. Yes, we do. Richard works with words. You can probably tell. How are you? Well, big moment in our household. Mm. Like huge, significant, life-changing. Life-changing. Sometimes things come along and you just have to take a step back and realise that this has made a monumental shift within the dynamic of the house. Our air fryer has been promoted to the countertop. (laughs) It's come out of the cupboard. It's left the confines of the shit cupboard mm-hmm. with the toasted sandwich maker jostling for position with the waffle maker. Mm-hmm. You could see it as it came out for the final time going, bye suckers, <laughs> bye. <laughs> it is right there next to the microwave now. I kept getting it out, mm. putting it back in, getting it out, putting it back. And the thing is, it's quite a good looking machine. I thought, why am I doing this? So yeah, we had a big reorder to make room for it. Wow. Serious business. Yeah. You can almost hear the bread machine under the stairs. Screaming. Don't forget about me. Can I go in the shit cupboard with the waffle machine, please? And I'm like, no, bread maker. You are so useless, but you will stay in the understairs cupboard. So 2002. And then the ice cream maker went, I'm in the loft. What about me? (laughs) And I was like, ice cream maker, I would love to have you out of the loft and under the stairs, potentially going in the shit cupboard with the waffle maker and the toasted sandwich maker. But the fact is, you permanently need to really be in the freezer to be of any use and we don't have room in the freezer. Mm. Oh, So you will stay up there until my children beg me to get you down on one hot day in about five years' time. Okay, bye! Bye, ice cream maker, you stay in the loft. But the air fryer is like, mm-hmm, look at me. <laughs> the power. So there is a gaping hole in the cupboard of shit. Uh-oh. Step away from Black Friday sales. <laughs> this week's question comes from Matt Jones, brand and visual identity designer. His website is format with two tsuk Good name. Frankie and Steve. After years of having a full-time job, I always knew exactly when I would be off for Christmas, when I would be returning and not having to worry about projects or answering emails while I was off. This is my first year as a full-time freelancer approaching Christmas and I'm worried about being able to switch off over the holiday season. What advice do you have about managing client expectations? When should I set an out-of-office? Any other tips or tricks on how to switch off like not checking emails, editing to-do lists, etc.? 
Oh, and also throw into the mix that it's both of my daughter's birthdays, smack bang in the middle of December. Thanks, Matt. Um, so Matt is amazing. He did an intro post in the community when he joined about his name. For Matt. I like that. He says, I left a branding agency in Brighton at the end of last year to go freelance. I go by the name Format because over the years I've done so much work for other companies and people. I thought it's about time I did something for myself and my family. Format. Get it? Oh, be upstanding. It's cool, isn't it? It's I very love good. that. You need to get that on your about page. I like that. Right. New to freelancing, wondering how to manage time off at Christmas after being used to having time off at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I remember this feeling when I first went full-time freelance and was looking after my kids. So there would be lots of times during the year when I would be off because of the school holidays and I would kind of struggle to like do bits of work and reply to people and people would think, am I around? And then it got to Christmas. Nobody's around. (laughs) Right. It was a very different feeling and it's a wonderful feeling. Everybody takes Christmas off. And yes, okay, fine, some people don't celebrate Christmas. But still, it is a given there is a break over the Mm -hmm. Christmas period. It's also quite a substantial break. People don't bat an eyelid at finishing way before Christmas and coming back way after New Year's Day. So make the most of it. Make the most of the fact that there is no expectation with who you're working with. Nobody's going to judge you. You don't need to feel guilty. This is the one. I think this is an excellent time to be asking this question. So we're recording this like mid-October. Blink and it's half term. The final term before Christmas is so short. It is so short and it is so full of stuff. You know, nativities, nursery Christmas shows, going to see whatever. It's like endless. That period in the run up to Christmas is bonkers. So even though some people might go, why are we talking about Christmas in October? Actually ending for Christmas is going to come around a lot sooner than you think. Actually, the amount of working time you have between now and Christmas to plan what you're going to be doing over the break, like this is the time to be thinking about it. If the key to you taking proper time off over Christmas is wrapping up various branding projects, I would be mapping out the next two months now to make sure that that happens. But also, does anyone actually need their branding project wrapped up on the 22nd of December? Are they going to do anything with it on the 22nd of December? Can you wrap it up in the first week of January? I also wouldn't want you to set yourself deadlines that actually don't mean anything in real terms. Because client side, they're very unlikely, unless they've got a big Boxing Day sale or something that involves this new branding you've done. It's very unlikely that they're going to need that work over the break. Yeah. Although psychologically as well, though, it is quite nice to finish things. No, it is. Yes. And then you don't think about them. Also, to get that invoice sent out mm. so you're getting paid in January. That's true. Both of those things would help you switch off if you could wrap it up. I think my point is if you don't finish the thing before Christmas, I wouldn't allow that to not allow you to switch off properly over that break because nobody else cares. <laughs> nobody else is is waiting for that work during that two-week period. So if you don't finish the project, it's all right. Don't feel you need to carve out time away from your kids or whatever you're doing over the Christmas break to finish it because you don't need to. In terms of communicating this, now is also a good time to let people know. Right. I got an email today. Did you? About Christmas. Yes. From Lucy, who does some VA stuff for me. Lucy Critchley, Untold Creative. 
Yeah, she emailed me today and was like, these are the dates I'm off in the run up to Christmas and also over the Christmas period. She also mentioned raising her rates. Great opportunity to do that. Yeah. And like, don't say, oh, if it's okay, I'm going to do this. Just say, I am off between Mm. and then like honestly i would pick the week before christmas and if your children are of a school age in particular the end of the week after they've gone back don't just go exactly the day they've gone back give yourself a bit of a breather and then you could say if there's anything we need to do before or can we pick stuff so yeah it's a it's a chance for you to set those expectations both the fact that you won't be available but also is there things we need to do before christmas also, we're talking about like the week before Christmas, but as Frankie mentioned, the lead up to it is crazy. Each year, Frankie and I say to each other, oh, why have we not taken the whole of December off? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I shall say it now. Especially he's got two daughters' birthdays in December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tricky. <laughs> Christmas is already a job as a parent. There is so much going on. You've got family visiting, you've got presents to buy, you've got kids to entertain. So protect your mental health and your energy levels in the run up to it as much as possible. Because while you stop working for money, you're still working over Christmas. But I find Christmas is actually a really good time to plan, to like mull over big picture stuff around your business. Not the like granular client day to day stuff, but the like, where am I going? Is this working? Is this the kind of work I want to be doing? I find those questions always come up for me at Christmas time. I think because I stop doing the daily grind, <laughs> I'm not in the like weeds of it. And I can think, hmm, did those projects go well this year? Do I want to do more of that next year? Matt says about answering emails. Mm-hmm. When he had a full-time job, he wouldn't worry about answering emails while I was off. But the thing is, this is totally up to you. If you set a decent out of office, then people shouldn't be expecting a reply from you so then it's up to you whether or not you're checking that email and really that probably comes down to whether it is on your phone or your laptop like how likely are you to open your email and this is also another real reason why it's great to separate out business and personal emails Mm. if you haven't done that already matt probably you have with your cleverformat.uk url why would you not right but Yeah, when you run your business just from one email and it's also your personal email, then clearly it makes it really hard to ignore anything businessy. I'm sure I've mentioned this before as well. But when I first started out as a freelancer, I actually had two accounts on my iMac, one for work and one for life. So I literally logged out of work. Use technology to your advantage to set boundaries with yourself. But as Steve says, unless you actually adhere to those boundaries that you've set, because it's very easy to find your emails if you want to check them. So it's as much about getting out of the habit. I think you need to psychologically say to yourself, I'm checking out now. I've put all the things in place. I've put my out of office in with clear boundaries. I've emailed all my clients in mid-October or whatever it is in the run up to outlining what dates I'm off, outlining how to get in touch with me and when, when to expect me to come back. It's a bit like the episode we talked about maternity leave, like putting all those boundaries in place as early as possible so that when it comes to it, yeah, you log out. But you have to log out psychologically because all that stuff's pointless unless you're sneaking a little look at your email on your phone. And he says when to set an out of office. Obviously, there's your actual out of office, but you can 
add your Christmas working hours into your signature mm-hmm. from November onwards, you can have like your Christmassy thing in the bottom of it. A lot of freelancers also do um, content around Christmas, like marketing stuff. There's a lot of freelance advent calendars, for example, where they send out, yeah. you know. Advent calendars. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Do you know, every year I think about doing an advent calendar and then I remind myself it is 24 yeah. days. <laughs> I'm not suggesting he does that. Of non-stop content. What I'm and saying. it is relentless and you don't, <laughs> right. you don't do it, guys. It feels great for the first three days and then you're mm. like, no, why did I choose this? <laughs> Why didn't I at least do for 12 days of Christmas? All right, bad example. But it could be as much as a Christmas card. He's a designer. He can make a digital Christmas card or even a physical one, whatever. Send it out to clients. A, you're visible. You remind them you exist. You remind them how talented you are. And B, it could, you know, remind them of those dates, key dates, boundaries, when you're around, when you're not. Wish them a Merry Christmas, all that jazz. Send them a Christmas tin of biscuits and there's a biscuit in there for each day that you're not available for work. Right, exactly. Like the comms around Christmas and you taking time off doesn't have to be just an out of office. It doesn't have to be dull. It can be in line with your your brand. It can be in line with your personality. And it's nice to send clients stuff at Christmas anyway. So combining that with like, don't you dare email me for two weeks. Obviously in a much nicer, softer way. Also conscious... You know, there might be people listening who are like, well, actually, I, I I have to work over Christmas. Yeah. And don't want you to feel bad about that. There's something to be said about the fact that like, maybe there's extra family help looking after your mm-hmm. children. Therefore, it's a good opportunity to do work and things like that. So don't feel bad about that. We're answering Matt's question, which is about taking time off. Mm-hmm. In fact, working over Christmas can be good in some ways because your clients aren't necessarily around, you're not getting those emails pinging in in the same oh, way. Yeah. So you have headspace and some quiet work-wise, but then yeah. you've also got small people running around. So it's all swings and roundabouts. You get to make it whatever you want it to be. You get to be your boss here. I think Matt is in a strong position. First year freelance, used to having time off over Christmas. Mm. He is in a strong psychological place. So I think this is great. I think he's being really proactive. And if he can crack it this Christmas, he's setting himself a really strong precedent for future years. He should come to the community in January and tell us how to do it, because we all we all need to aim for this. Okay. What do you reckon? If you've got a comment on this, if you've experienced this for yourself, if something really helped, if something went hideously wrong because you didn't think of it, please do let us know. You can leave a comment wherever Frankie has posted about this. Instagram, Twitter, of course, in the Doing It For The Kids community. If you've not joined yet, get yourself to doingitforthekids.net and find out all about the Doing It For The Kids community. You'll see us and Matt in there. Oh, and we need a question. If you've got a question, and it can be anonymous, then uh, get in touch with Frankie and we could be doing that on a future episode. And being freelance, Steve's other podcast is back. Yes, check for the podcast wherever you got this or at beingfreelance.com. It is back all the way up till Christmas. Then I'm taking a break. <laughs> we used to have a Henry Hoover here. Oh, Henry's. Henry's are brilliant. Solid. I always wanted a Henry Hoover. I just like the smiley, the smiley face yeah, on them. Smiley face. It's like when right. I got my robot vacuum, and the first thing you said was, "Put some googly eyes on it." Genius. It's like that, but Hoover. All appliances should have smiley faces. <laughs>
I quite like one at home. Do it. Like, because he gets locked in a cupboard anyway. Right. Although then you'd feel bad maybe about <laughs> locking that face in a cupboard. It's like Toy Story, but vacuums. Every time you open the cupboard, its eyes would look at you and go, uh, Today? Pick me. Today? Today we get to be like a dog wanting to go for a walk. <laughs> Today we do the sucky sucky thing. <laughs> oh, I don't know. 